coming to NBC this fall. Night Elf. That's right, Xander works for the U.S. government during the day as a hacker. But at night, he's a night elf. But he's not alone. His main nemesis is Dagon, a blood elf, who also works for the U.S. government as a hacker during the day. But by night, he's a double agent for the North Korean government. Night Night Elf. Elf! Coming to NBC this fall, along with Barb of the Corpse and Urkel the Scientist and Wings 2, Return to Nantucket. That's right, it's Night Elf. Only on NBC this fall. Coming to NBC this fall, it's Par for the Corpse. He's a forensic scientist who loves to golf, but he's got a heart of gold. He's also got a massive duck hook. I found a dead body over there on the fourth, fourth green, and I don't know where it come from. Well, I think we just need to call up Arnold Bomber and have him come out and check out this body. Hi, I'm Arnold Bomber. I heard you had a dead body. Yeah, I found it over on the fourth green. I don't know where it came from. Luckily, I'm a forensic scientist with a heart of gold. That's right, it's par for the corpse. Coming to NBC this fall, along with Urkel the Scientist and Wings 2, Return to Nantucket. That's right, only on NBC. Greetings, folks. Welcome to the Horror Movie Podcast. Uh, my name is Jack. Thanks for downloading this episode. Um, you have downloaded and tuned in and listened to a Friday episode of the Horror Movie Podcast. But what's awesome about this episode, it's, a, it's our greatest hits episode. And that's <laughs> episode 1 through 13. Now, this is the sweetest, most delicious out uh, p- pieces taken out of these episodes. Um we have for you multiple great episodes with multiple great guests, and they're shorter clips. So if you wanted just little bursts of each episode, the longest any of these clips, I'm just going to tell you right now, is about four minutes Okay, uh, per each episode. And there's a couple episodes that got two clips from them, but you're not going to sit there and listen to 20 minutes of anything. It's going to be a four-minute burst of each of those episodes. In fact, I'll be honest with you, if you wanted to get your friends to listen to an episode of the Horror Movie Podcast, this may be the ideal episode to play because they can get a little taste of uh, the Horror Movie Podcast in a small increments. Kind of fun. Anyway, uh, without further ado, I wanted to say this. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at One Horror Movie. Like our fa- Facebook page. <laughs> Facebook page. <laughs> and uh, go to thehorrormoviepodcast.com. Orange tie, web design, marketing, and branding created that 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 website, and it's great. It's functional beyond belief. It, <laughs> it will it will fulfill all your dreams. That's the classic undersell, right? That is a big time undersell. It is. Hey guys, uh, it works. It's functional. Functional, probably a bad way to describe it. Um, There's a little guy uh, digging a coming soon yeah. right <laughs> is that eight, what it is for the last eight years uh but you can buy a shirt on there you can yeah. look at look, look at old episodes on there and again go we're a revolver podcast so revolverpodcasts.com download us at that website download us at itunes download us on google play music i saw we're on we're on stitcher again so we are on there yeah so who knows? I, I think they just kind of scour the web for. They just put stuff on things, there. Huh? Yeah, Stitcher. If you want to go there, Acast. I don't. I, Spreaker. We we were we were. I don't, I don't know if it. But when we reboot, anyway. Long story. Long story short, folks. Let's enjoy okay. the greatest hits of the Hormone Podcast episodes one through thirteen. You will not be sad that you listened to this episode. In fact, you'll be happy because it's hilarity at its best. Rants by me, rants by the guests, and just overall <laughs> awesomeness. Guile makes a speech. I, I, we'll talk about that in a second. The Horror Movie Podcast, Greatest Hits Volume 1. Uh, go. 
Man, I'm telling you, Jared, I, I, this has been a whirlwind, all right? A whirlwind experience. When you start a podcast, folks, <laughs> you, you, you have to adjust to all kinds of things, okay? Such as? Um, new guests every week. Okay. New attitudes, total divas sometimes. I've seen total divers. What's a what's a male? That's a diva. <laughs> Diver. Divos. Divos. That's right? Italian, right? I think so. That's pretty awesome. Divos. <laughs> um, divas, divos, all kinds of them. The band D- Devo. I try to get him there here. They wouldn't come. Yeah. All right. Um, so you've got to be able to adjust. And over the course of this podcast, we've learned a lot from a lot of new people. Um, the very first episode since we came to Revolver Podcasts mm-hmm. um, is an episode that where we, you, me, and Philzy uh-huh. covered Super Mario Brothers the movie starring Bob Hoskins and uh, John Leguizamo as uh, Luigi. <laughs> um, hilarity ensues, though, when you realize this movie has very little to do with Super Mario Brothers the game. In fact, uh, the clip you're about to hear, folks, is a great conversation when we started talking about Goombas. Goombas. Man. I remember that. Really bad. Super bad. They were horrible. They were horrible. They're nothing Golly. like nothing like in the game. No. How hard would that no. have been? They wouldn't have been as menacing. I, I guess. Were they? Yeah. yeah. I mean, All they right. were huge. They were tall. Yeah. Weird. All <laughs> right. So, without further ado, folks, listen in as we talk about Goombas. You're going to have about a, about a three and a half minute conversation, folks, about some Goombas. Ready? Let's hear it. Okay. Like to hear it? Here it goes. They take Toad in the back, and he's the first one in. They turn him into our first, our first. Uh, <laughs> Goomba that we get to see. These things but, are ridiculous now, looking. Here's the thing about Goombas. <laughs> One, in the game, they're little squatty little anti-mushroom looking creatures, right? But yeah. they're real squatty and short. Folks, what do you do to the Goomba? Right. You're, thanks, thanks, guys. You jump <laughs> on top of them. No, that's fine. I was letting the, I was letting the listeners in their cars say it okay, out loud. Okay. <laughs> thanks, guys. Um, uh, so yeah, you hop on top of them. They squash and you get 100 points for them. Um, so... So, you would figure in this movie, you would need to come up with some sort of creature that can look, look like this because it's much like turtle shells. A Goomba needs to be in this movie. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Let's make it a seven and a half foot monster with a tiny shrunken head with little razor teeth on it. And then yeah. call it a Goomba. Why? <laughs> Somehow when you de- de-evolve a person into a Goomba... Their uh, clothes change. People with in them. people in mushroom they, they, mushroom kingdom in the mushroom kingdom. Yeah, yeah. I just, I I think to, for they, people yeah, who haven't get, seen this movie, to yeah. try to picture what these things look like, just Google it. Google if, it. If you yeah, you can see a picture of it. Um, if you can think of like Doctor Evil and like this like metal like canister kind of body, but seven feet tall and a shrunken head. That's kind of that's <laughs> a little lizard these, head. Yeah. What's the there's a 80s like horror flick like. Uh, critters or Ooh, something? Is that kind of, what it is? Maybe a little is bit. Is that the, the one the I'm teeth. thinking? The teeth have yeah. a little critter. Like this huge in. giant mouth that spans its whole head and, and this kind of constant grin on its it's face. Bad. Gosh, the pe- so the bad. people that were inside these suits had to have just come up to like their shoulder, maybe. And I and, and the way that they kind of waddle around, I, I swear at one point I saw one of them just rolling across the floor. Like I think they had yeah. wheels on the bottom of them or something. <laughs> <laughs> they looked uh, really awkward. But really the bad. thing about Goombas is you, you as we evolve, our brains get bigger. But as you devolve, your brains get smaller, and Goombas are idiots. Yeah, basically. they're the dumbest. Yeah, the lowest they can, level. They can make mimicry of just kind of vocalizations and ah, uh, like. Okay. These are supposed to be stuff, like yeah. the real henchmen of the film, but yeah. I've never seen a movie where the monsters or the formidable foes are so useless. Like they're yeah. just they're the stupidest uh, things I've ever seen. I would beg to differ that the droids in. In, oh uh, yeah, yeah. From <laughs> Phantom, from Phantom Menace to Attack of the Clones and on. Roger, Roger. I think, I think we, maybe we need to do a greatest hits uh, episode at some point of um, 
of lame bad villainy. Bad villainy. Bad, bad villainy. Um, <laughs> really bad. Okay, so <laughs> man, bad. Bad henchman. Maybe uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure there's already a list online. All right. Next up, um, <laughs> we had an awesome guest, and I, every time he comes on. I say he's the pro. That's his nickname on this podcast. That's exactly how I described him. He's Aaron Dicer, yeah. folks. He is very talented. And he's so talented, I gave him a task of watching Season of the Witch. And he made it entertaining <laughs> to talk about. And, and what another thing he did for us was, I've always said on this podcast, um, when I talk about the budgets of movies, mm-hmm. um, we always wonder, did they actually make mo- money? What what exactly happened? Yeah, he sets that straight, and you get to hear his flawless thirty second synopsis of the movie. It's delightful. This is Aaron Dicer, Season of the Witch. Uh, forty million dollar budget, ninety million ninety one point six yeah uh, million sorry uh, gross box office. Okay, I want you to help me out here. Uh-huh. I, I do this on every episode. But I think you have the end. You have the Hollywood end. I have the inside knowledge. The budget was forty million. Uh huh. It gross box office made ninety one million. Are they making money on this movie? Is it, oh, their accounts will say they lost you know two hundred million dollars. They'll of find a way. Credits, yeah, yeah. They'll find, like that. Yeah, right? they'll find a way to say they lost money on this movie uh, for tax purposes or, or whatever the case may be. However, uh, they they probably. They probably made a little bit of money on that technically. Okay. Right. So if they if the budget was forty one million and that's about what they spent and it had ninety one gross, then yeah, they're they're more than breaking even on that. So is Hollywood are they basically just writing things off left and right? Is that yeah. how it works? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they they find that's one of the big jokes in Hollywood. And my understanding, I, I really don't actually have the inside. You're so I mean, much I closer live, than we've I ever live been, in the heart so. of the Ozarks, just like you do. I don't live in L.A. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's that's the joke is that I hear that every movie is a loss. Every single movie that's made in Hollywood loses money, according to the marketers. Gotta love it. Mm-hmm. Gotta love it. Uh, starring Nicholas Coppola Cage. Yes. Um, Ron Perlman, Hellboy. That's right. And from Sons of Anarchy as well. And when you say Hellboy, you don't mean he played Hellboy. I think he actually is Hellboy. Like, he was made for that role. His face. He is so he, good in the Hellboy movies. And he's, he, actually, both movies are really good. I agree. Yeah, they're really, I agree. really good. Um, Christopher Lee is in a starring role. I'm using air quotes. But he's literally in this movie for a minute and a half. Yeah. And he, he's got... Bubos I was gonna say pus bu- I was gonna say when you all ju- over when him. you just say when you just said Christopher Lee I went what no that's him in the bed <laughs> telling tasking them with their that was Christopher Lee that was him wow I I mean unbelievable I, yeah. it's crazy yeah. and then uh, Claire Foy plays the girl the girl the girl she's in Little Dorrit so I mean she's got acting she was in chops. what Little Dorrit is a Little Dorrit uh, is a British awesome movie okay. not really okay it's Along the same lines of Jane Austen movies, basically. It might be a Jane Austen book. Uh, my wife at home, at home, I'm assuming she's at home, <laughs> around, the old, around the old transistor radio, is at home. All right, so anyway, now we're going to do uh, a segment, because we have segments on good, this podcast, uh, called 30 Second Synopsis. 30 Second Synopsis, okay. And you're going to go through this movie, 30 Second Synopsis. I'm going to do this? I feel like I should have been prepared for this. You have 30 seconds. All right. You ready? Mm-hmm. Can you do it? No. <laughs> I can't do the whole thing. You want me to do it? Uh, I've I, never done it. And you're such a big guest to, to me uh-huh. that I will do it for you if you want me to do it for really? you. Really? You've I, never done it? Oh, wait. I've you've never, done never it personally done it. You've always made the guest oh, do it. The guest always has to do it. Okay, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. So 30, 30 seconds. You have 30 seconds. To do the entire synopsis of this movie. And if not, Phil, producer Phil, gets to hit you in the face. Oh, okay. All right. Phil? How do I know where my thirty seconds are? I'm you're gonna, gonna, oh, okay, all right, all right, my, all right, my, all right, all right, all right, all right. Iron Man watch. So, so the whole thing, just quickly, just all right. Real I'll quick. try. I'll try. Thirty seconds uh-huh. and go. 
couple of guys, uh, they're hired to be a part of, I don't know, some sort of Christian crusade, and they fight all these battles, and then all of a sudden they're like, you know what, I'm really tired of, like, raping and pillaging, and it seems really bad to kill these women and children, so let's go do something else. So then they go back, and they're trying to do something else, but whoa, wait a second, there's this witch that survived a hanging, apparently, and she's in this town. Oh, ten seconds left. So they take the witch, and they travel, and people die, and they get to this this church, and there's this book, and the witch wants the book to go away, but they say, no, this book's not going to go away, and they keep the witch from making the book go away holy lord that's you're unbelievable thanks uh, hey thanks. i i'm quitting I, and uh aaron dicer is now the new host of the horror movie podcast well welcome to the podcast today guys and, uh, uh, my guest today I'm is jack. Uh, is jack, jack. Hi, jack's hi, gonna guys. be with us all hour we're gonna be talking season hey, of the witch hey guys all right uh that's unbelievable Gosh, you're so good. I feel bad because technically I, for, I forgot the big plot twist, which is it's not a witch. It's a demon. So I should have mentioned that no in there. I feel like I should no, get hit in no, the face. I got a feeling no one's going to care about that part. <laughs> I have a feeling. I mean, like I said, Aaron hit it right on the head. On yeah, that. And he wasn't like most guests come knowing, hey, I need to be working on a 30-second synopsis. And even though they know that, they still come on. It's like a minute later. You're like, wrap it up. Man, that guy nailed He's it. Nailed it every time. Jeez. So, we have someone who's been on our podcast many times, um, Paul Huft. Paul, uh, he attended Planet Comic Con with us. He, we had a great time with him there. Um, he was great. He was there. Yeah. He, he was so well behaved. Even <laughs> when I started yelling at Phil about parking. <laughs> He didn't. He didn't overreact. He actually tried to help mediate the situation, and it ended up me hugging <laughs> Phil, um, and saying sorry, sorry. four hundred times. I, I don't so know awkward. why. I was just ramped up. It was awkward. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I just wanted to bring that out. Mom and Dad, stop fighting. I'm sorry. And Paul luckily was there to help mediate that over validated parking or well, something like that. I wanted to <laughs> I save mean, money. Like I was like, I, we're gonna go on this trip, but I want to save some money. <laughs> And it, I didn't want to leave it in the in the hotel garage. I wanted to take it to a, a public garage that was going to be cheaper yeah. for the day. The hotel was going to be like twenty five bucks, and I I was thought I was looking out for everyone's best interest. So then I raised my voice to Phil. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was all worked up anyway. We were real excited about playing a Comic Con, but anyway, this this one. Sorry, Phil. Sorry. Um, so, <laughs> we're back at it. So so this one. It was actually Varsity Blues, my least favorite football movie of all time. And uh, Paul did a great job, he and I talking about Coach Kilmer and talking <laughs> about James Vanderbeek's horrible acting and the stupid scenario that happens in this movie. And uh, he does a great job with it. They, uh, we're talking here about district championships and the district championship game. Uh, and then we ha- you also get a Vanderbeek chant as well in this. So, Do you think, like, that's kind of keystone in a lot of football, like high school football movies. Do you think that has ever happened? A chant? Or, I mean, any of this speech that happened. Well, a speech, but it's so so much stupidity. Like, yeah, this well, one, the, the movie ends, them winning the district championship, and then Vanderbeek's like, and we never played football again. It's like, well, you just won the <laughs> district championship, won the state championship. Why didn't they make it the state championship? It's really weird. And then Kilmer leaves, and the kids take over, like some stupid Disney Channel episode of some show. It's just <laughs> dumb. Like, yeah. It's just moronic. It just surprised me that that happened in that movie. Because I remember when I, when I watched it the first time, I was like, that's ridiculous. That would never happen. Anyway, here it is. A varsity blues. The coach then tries to, tries to rally a little bit. Tries. Tries. Guys, oh, come on now. Hey. We gotta get under control here. We gotta get back out there at the halftime. I mean, so we gotta get ourselves in line here. Yeah. And then, and then he's like, "All right." So, and he keeps clapping. I love this. Yeah. He keeps. He keeps. <laughs> he realizes. Hey, all right, come on. Hey, all right, come he, on. He realizes right, he crossed hey. the line, right? He's got like this scared, almost like he's a, about he, to cry look on his face. He he's does, like, "Yeah." He's, I want you boys to trust me. Trust me here. He says, "Trust and me." About forty times. His way all right, out. trust me here. Here we go. Here we go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out this door. I like how he segues into yeah. like, so lame. I'm going to go out this door, and you guys are going to follow me. All right, here we go. Let's go out there. And he goes out the door to no one following him. No one following him. He's alone in the hallway. Zero people. It's the first time in 30 years he's been alone. Zero people. He's, he's alone. Yeah. And then he's, Never happened he's gone. The only the next time you see him, he's in his uh, office. Dur- yeah. During the game, 
packing his boxes of his crap. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. So So dumb. Vanderbeek, luckily, rallies the troops. Because in only the way that Dawson from Dawson's Creek could do it. Mm -hmm. He's like, Pacey. Pacey. (laughs) Come out. (laughs) Come out here and talk to my guys. Come on. We got to get this going here. And so he's like, we're going to coach. Coach Kilmer said, we've got 48 minutes for 48 years the rest of our lives. You know what, guys? We got 24 minutes. Let's just play for the next 24 minutes. And they all like. all out there. Slow clap. (laughs) And they're clapping. And they're clapping. And we're all up. Yeah, go out there. And then we kick in my hero from uh, uh, from the Food (laughs) Fighters. And Kilmer is is the, the, uh, again, alone in his office and we just. Yeah. Nothing. Well, so he's not even out there. And then the best part about it, uh, no assistant coaches come. I mean, where do they go? So the game continues, right? Yes. And and Harbor takes over as coach. The injured quarterback the has the double-eared headset on, the worst headset ever <laughs> I created. Hate the yeah, those things are awful. Throws that thing on. He gets out there. He's leading the troops. They decide to 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 run this. West Coast spread to all wide receiver. Mike Leach's offense. Mike Leach's offense. And you see one of the guys in the stand counts the wide receivers. He's like, one, two, three, four, five. Five wide re- Like, it's the craziest uh, thing he's ever seen. His mind was completely blown. blown. Completely blown. <laughs> so here they are. No huddle. Five wide receivers marching down the field. They score those touchdowns. Like, I can't believe this offense. Where's this coming from? Where's Coach Kilmer? I even know. that, I don't even see him on the sideline. So what's happening? Yes. While they're coming back and playing this great football that no one's ever seen before, Coach Kilmer has boxes on his desk in his office, and he's packing up his trophies. He's leaving town, folks. And he looks at this one trophy that says Coach Kilmer, Coach of the Year, nineteen Texas, nineteen eighty nine. Who the frick cares? Yeah. It's the most ridiculous. Nineteen eighty nine, Coach of the Year. And like Jack says, there's no other coach out on the field. Where'd they all go? The kids have taken uh, over. The principal of the school's letting this happen. Yeah, schools out uh, the for the The superintendent's cool with this. The school board's letting this happen. It's like it's the weirdest thing ever. Not, none of the genius parent football dads who like. Well, they're know pumped. everything. They're pumped. They're turning the corner. I, I realize that, but none of them thought, "Hey, I p- played football. I should. Co- I coached these kids when they were little. I should c- come down and help no, them out." No, well, we don't need them. We got I, Vanderbeek, Vanderbeek, <laughs> Vanderbeek. Um, they were playing Fast and Furious. Paul Walker, what? No, that's true. That was a bad joke. I'm sorry. No, I was. Gonna, I went with it though. Wasn't Josh Jackson, who was also in Dawson's Creek, wasn't he in Mighty Ducks? P- Pacey. That's what I was getting ready to say, but you cut me off. He had oh. Pacey come out, and then Pacey came out, and he was like, "Hey, Charlie, let's get let's get here with this knuckle flying V, puck. <laughs> flying V, flying V. Yeah. Let's get the flying V going. Hit him with the knuckle puck. Yeah. Have Fulton. Send They're both in sports movies. Since the screamer, yeah. Huh. I mean, hey, yeah. So Vanderbeek, Vanderbeek, Vanderbeek. <laughs> Next up, we have Ross Ozimek's episode, and Ross comes on. And talks about all of our favorite first fighting game. The first fighting game. The you well, actually, what was the first fighting game that you played, Jared? Um, Zoo Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat? Yeah, at Walmart. I, maybe you could say you guys ever play? Uh, what's it? Uh, Final Fury. I'm trying to think of the fighting game that has Hagar on it. I can't remember. Final Fight. Uh, and it says yep on it a couple times. It's really really weird. Uh, that one's a kind of funny, but that's a side scroller though. You're on a mission. It's like Double Dragon. This one, however, Mike Fred, Tyson's Punch Out. Yeah, I guess it's boxing. Game. That's a fighting game or a wrestling game. Anyway, no, but Street Fighter. We yeah. all know and love yeah. Street Fighter. And um, in this one, uh, Ross and I lead up to what I call the greatest speech of all time. Uh, in the previous <laughs> clip, folks, like we said, we had Coach Kilmer. Talking about football, yeah. he can't hold a candle to Colonel Guile <laughs> telling us about not going home. The government wants us to go home. We ain't going home. Oh, man. Here it is. Ryukin. Rally punch. Yeah. Spin jitsu. Street fighter. Colonel Guile. Then what I am going to say, my favorite part of the whole movie comes up next. We then segue to Van Damme, the Van Daminator, uh, Colonel Guile. Uh, 
he is rallying his troops. The AN ambassador, the Allied Nations ambassador, some random one. Now you've got you've to make sure that we're just going to give them the $20 billion, Guile. We're, we're we're not, you're in. not going anywhere. Yeah. This is the, the typical guy with the, the glasses, a little wormy, uh, ratty-faced guy. He's, who's just, warm, he's He's wanting to give in. Suit. We're going to do whatever Bison wants so that we don't have to uh, you know, fight. And, we're going to give in. And then Van Damme gives what I'm entitling. The greatest speech of all time. It is. Troopers, I just received new orders. Our superiors say the war is canceled. We can all go home. Bison is getting paid off for his crimes. And our friends who have died here will have died for nothing. But we can all go home. Meanwhile, ideals like peace, freedom, and justice, they get packed up, but we can all go home. Well, I'm not going home. I'm going to get on my boat, and I'm going upriver, and I'm going to kick that son of a bison's so hard that the next bison wannabe is going to feel it. No, who wants to go home? And who wants to go with me? Hey, that speech was worth a million bison bucks. He his currency <laughs> is um that of legend, really. And it was hilarious because the bad guys in that movie when he starts doling out bison bucks, it's like Dwight Schrute. What <laughs> shroot bucks? Shroot bucks. <laughs> uh, anyway, so next up we have we're gonna have you're gonna get two helpings, two clips of, and I'll I'll set each of them up uh, of Double Dragon. We had Andy Lewin, who, folks, uh, Andy when he gets on a roll, it's hard to stop. He is literally the juggernaut <laughs> of comedy. It's hard to stop. He gets rolling. Ain't nobody stopping him. God, great. never going to stop me. Anyway, so um, Double Dragon, the first clip here is us talking about this fight club in general that is the fight club, the underground fight club that is <laughs> whatever these guys are doing, which is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And we get the legendary moniker that we all chanted when we were young, <laughs> Eat Fist Knuckleheads. Knuckleheads. We, all, yeah. we grew up hearing this. Oh, yeah. I, I mean... My gang would always shout that Me and my at gang. the rival gangs <laughs> across the, the oh, chain link fence. Eat this, knuckleheads. Eat this, knuckleheads. Anyway, so Double Dragon talking to Andy Lewin. So then we go to the next text. It says New Angeles, the year 2007. Mm-hmm. Okay. Remember, this is made in 1994. That's 14 years, 13 years after this movie was filmed. It's pretty nuts. It is. Uh, that a lot of things happen in L.A. from yeah. that point. Earthquakes. Yeah, there earthquakes. Mostly. Um, tool songs. Um, yeah. Billy and Jimmy Lee are fighting in a karate Mortal Kombat-esque fight thing. But it's a team fight. Tag team fight it's thing? A, it's a tag team it's fight. There doesn't seem to be any rules. There's a referee who yells in people's faces, but outsiders are allowed to hit the combatants with things and kick people. Yeah. Um, also, it's a very rickety structure. The the roof looks like it's every, falling in. I think every structure is every, rickety yeah. because they have these aftershocks. Okay. The big quake. They're still living there. They, and, and, the, and it's martial law in the city, we find out. Yes. O- well, only at night. Oh, only at the night. the cops rule the day. The cops are there the during gangs, the day. The gangs. Yeah, you want to be inside. It's like the purge. Oh, boy. Yes. That's right. Every um, single night, though. Every night's the purge. Mm-hmm. Um, so they fight. Oh, and then Jimmy and Billy lose the match because uh, Billy, the fighter, is an idiot. And he... He like does like knucklehead stuff on top of the fighter in this alleged you know no holds barred street fight thing. He's awarded, <laughs> he's disqualified somehow. Yes. He's he's disqualified. I mean, people are punching and kicking each other's faces, and he is disqualified for jumping on another person's back and giving him noogies and giving him noogies. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And he also yes. says to, uh, that that's one of the classic zingers from Double Dragon is. Quote, eat some fist butt heads. 
<laughs> well, I mean, I know in that in that video game when I was little and we play that video game, I would get so excited whenever you that would pop on the screen. Eat some fist knuckleheads. Right. It happened all the time in that, yeah. in that game. So everything in this movie is an, an homage to the video game, and that's why we love it so Boy. much. All that is false. Yeah. Nothing. In the, no. the, there is They're, nothing in this. They could have called this thing Karate Movie 4. Right. They, and it would have been as accurate as calling it Double Dragon right. 17. It right. really wouldn't matter. Yes. Uh, they could have called it Warriors. Mad Max meets the Warriors in Cartoonville yes. with Alyssa Milano. Oh, my. Okay, so the next part, the next part is maybe the greatest single <laughs> single piece of acting that didn't win any sort of award for for this individual, Scott Wolf from TV's Party of 5. Um huh. you get to hear him cry out in pain like a wounded deer <laughs> in the in the forest. Cry out in pain. When his uh, caretaker Satori, not Satori. the other word we had to, we had to bleep out, <laughs> Satori, um, gets exploded in a uh, horrible, horrible chain link fence that she couldn't get out of, oh, yeah. and uh, warehouse. Uh, so here it is, Satori Scott Wolf doing his best impression of an actor. Okay. My very favorite part, yeah, what's was, your favorite when, part? was when Satori is inside um, the theater and, and Scott Wolf is outside. The theater blows up. Uh, him and the chairman are standing there watching the theater burn. And we're treated to... <laughs> Scott, we're, can, we, can we add in? Can we add it in where he says that? Because I would love to have that. Yep. But if not, where no, you, we can. can we add that in? All right, where he goes like this. Satori! And we're treated to him screaming for Satori. And, <laughs> and I mean, play it again. What's he say? Satori! But he says it real high pitch. Yeah. He, I can't quite. I, yeah. Yeah, Satori. I, I was about to ask right before that, what does a wounded deer sound like? <laughs> now, now I think I know. Anyway. Uh, yeah, double dragon, folks. Eat fist, knuckleheads. <laughs> So we segued, folks, leading up to Planet Comic Con. We segued to um, some comic book movies. Mm-hmm. We could not leave well enough alone with comic book movies and not have the first, uh, technically the first official Captain America from the 40s yeah. would have been probably the first comic book movie, but let's just say a modern era comic book movies. movies, okay. movies. Um <laughs> Howard the Duck. When we went to Planet Comic Con, there were some people that took some umbrage. The fact we would dare to say anything bad about this. I think that was just nostalgia. I asked everyone that said, What? You can't do Howard the Duck? And they hadn't seen it in 20 years. So, And, and I think once you see it, and I said this, <laughs> the, first, the first hour of this movie it wasn't too bad. And then no. after that, it just goes, it just goes off the rails. But one thing that makes it go off the rails, folks is the fact that Howard the Duck and his star from the Cherry Bombs, uh, Leah Thompson, the actress, who we've already, you know, we already found out in Back to the Future, she's not, <laughs> she's not above doing some weird stuff. Uh, well, oh, her and Howard, yeah. I'm just going to let you uh, listen to this clip. And uh, <laughs> Laurie, your wife was on this episode. Yeah. And uh, you guys, uh, you guys talk along with me, obviously, about Howard the Duck, Leah Thompson, in a uh, little bit of a uh, odd uh, scenario. Yeah. It's quacked. It's not what all it's quacked up to be. All right. <laughs> Howard the Duck. Because we're about ready to get into a part of the story that the <laughs> plot gets really wonky here. So he has this feather. He plucks out of Howard's booty and um, uh, out of his duck tails. Uh, and, um, and so Howard's mad. And then uh, he said, on my planet, we don't say 
die. We say kill. Oh, he does that. Now, <laughs> okay. Now, phase, he pulled his feather. phase three, <laughs> and we're going to tread, I'm going to try to tread lightly on this, folks. Phase three of mm. the duck in, the duck and the other innuendos here. Um, they go back, they go back to uh, Leah Thompson's place. And she and he seem to really hit it off here. And you don't know if they're going to go there. And then he kind of rubs her arm a little bit. Oh, and and she, she really says, she says this. You're hoping it's going to build up to a fade out. She says this. You things, see she's like, I got happen. Ginger releases from our contract. We got our money back. Things are starting to finally line up. Now if I can just find the right kind of guy. And he rubs her right arm. And there's man. a little bit of petting. Right kind of man. He rubs, he rubs her arm with his little feather featheries, <laughs> and he goes, "Have you th- thought about a duck? Maybe it's not a man. Maybe it's not a man. Maybe you need a duck." I would be like, "No, it's a man." And I, I, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's what, but but not Get Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. She's... I mean, now remember her in Back to the Future. She was, who did she, she try to mess? Like who did she try to make out with in Back to the Future? Son. Okay, Calvin in this Wine. movie, is that trying worse? Make, I don't she's know. trying to make out with. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying, in this movie, she's trying to make <laughs> out with a duck. I know. Holy Lord, Leah Thompson, it's kind of crazy. So, uh, so she's all over the place in her underwear. And here's what I'm gonna tell you: she's in her underwear, and she's wearing this like night <laughs> night sleep top thing that's like it's way cut, cut yeah. like yeah. Like barely, She's very scantily. Yeah, yeah barely yeah. keeping things going there. Kind of crazy. <laughs> and Howard's saddling up next to her, and so they start to kiss. They but they uh, fade out. They have the uh, proverbial uh, backlit like shadow silhouette silhouette of, kiss. That's what I'm looking yeah. for. Mm. But who barges you, you in? Expect something, but she, I mean, she pecks him on the bill. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then he says no. he says something. <laughs> he says something. <laughs> Tread lightly. And <laughs> she says something, and then and then it fades back. But then who barges in to ruin this great moment of cinema history? Some other and dude. we're all a little bit relieved. Like, uh, we are, we're kind of like anyone yeah. barge in right yeah, now. I'm not sure why this is happening. Uh, George Lucas said this was a good idea, but anyway, <laughs> the guy um, in the middle pronounces that's unnatural. Yeah, and so these three, <laughs> yes. the three scientists, or a random guy that we don't know his name. Yeah, he's just uh, and then Jeff, jo- Jeff Jones's character, Filzy. whose name Doctor Jennings. Yet. Yes, and then um, Tim Robbins' character Filzy. Filzy. Yeah, Leah Leah Thompson wow. yeah. got some weird stuff there. I'm not sure what to think about her on that one. <laughs> she's working again, like she's been working with the illustrators of uh, the Howard the Duck comics. Like they they're drawing her as Le- I don't know if it's as Leah Thompson, but like they're drawing her face into the comics now. She's still very really good looking. Yeah. She's still a very attractive oh, yeah. person. Yeah. So leading up, big time, leading up to uh, Planet Comic Con, we talked <laughs> about well, the Batman or Superman movie had come out, and folks understand we we didn't go into this with the idea we were going to do Batman or Superman in a negative light. We were going to have a nice roundtable discussion, an open yeah. panel discussion. P.A. Browning, Ian Ross, uh, Jimmy Dean, myself, and Phil uh, mm-hmm. talked about Batman vs. Superman, the good parts, the bad parts of it. It was a really good discussion. Yeah. It's a very good episode. Uh, if you've I think not you had heard good, it, good opinions on both sides, yeah, for and against. It was really good. And honestly, that movie is a gr- good action movie. It's yeah. just there's a, a few t- some weird tone stuff in it that. Hopefully they clean up when they, when they get to uh, the new Justice League movie. Yeah. But um, the best part for me of the whole thing was Jimmy Dean's uh, dis- oh, yeah. just man, just utter disdain, oh, just man. utter disdain for this movie. And the one part in particular, whenever uh, <laughs> Superman tries to save everybody uh, by getting uh, to tr- trying to kill Doomsday, he has to go fetch. Um, this kryptonite spear that Batman created, but then Superman falls <laughs> falls victim to it, and Lois Lane has to do some swimming, uh, making the pool that they're both hopping into the most dangerous, <laughs> the most dangerous part of the entire movie. Jimmy loses oh, his mind, and uh, Jimmy Rant, uh, Jimmy Dean, take it away. Batman realizes. That 
the spear of awesomeness that he created <laughs> can probably stop this creature because it is Kryptonian-esque. It is Kryptonian. Where is this spear? We've got to find the spear. Jimmy, I want you to go off for one minute about the spear, the pool, Lois, Superman. Are you ready? Ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy Dean. Okay, so I'll repeat all this again. Just hammer, man. Scream, yell, rant, rave, do it. This, it's it's just repetitive stupidity. I'm sorry. The the, the pool, the, the building. She goes and jumps into this pool of water. The building caves in, I believe. She's trapped, drowning. Now, t- correct me if I'm wrong. Does Superman hear her drowning? Yes. Yes. He can hear. Underwater. But he can't hear the bomb. But he can't hear the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes to save her. He saves her, but in the meantime, he is drowning himself and dying. Well, dying from the from the from the Shit, the spear. Just God, I just can't. I can't. It's just I don't want to relive it. I'm sorry. It's oh, stupid. Oh, oh. It, <laughs> it, it just it, it it was just the most ignorant thing. I mean, that was the most dangerous thing in the movie. That pool <laughs> almost took both of them. Well, it's dang- water's dangerous, folks. Uh, wear life jackets. Well, and, and never swim alone is another. One. Never swim towards kryptonite. That's, well, 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 and really, he pulls her out. She's obviously just fine. Then he, he dives in. And no, then he dives she, in. Like, why not just even, be like, okay, hey. Was she even pull, going yet? Or was she no, still gasping like he, for air? Like she, <laughs> he pulls her out. She coughs up the water, Baywatch style. And then and she's ready to go. She's just like, no, don't jump back in that pool. Like, okay, how about you just jump back in that yeah. pool and yeah. swim on yeah. down? Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm afraid of the pool now, I guess. I don't well, what possesses him to jump into that pool? He knows what's going to happen to him in that pool. As soon as he grabs a kryptonite, right? He's just really lucky that kryptonium bones are more uh, floatable than human bones. Because he just floats yeah. right back up. Yeah, he yeah. just comes up like a floater. Just, yeah, because uh, what, what is holding on to the spear? He clutches the spear and floats dead up to the top of that water. So Why she did can they even need to have out. that part of the movie? Like, I, that was why couldn't they just go, here's the spear, and he's like, well, it's going to kill me. I'm sure but there's I'm a lot of parts yeah. that was cut out of that movie they could have put in and got rid of that. And and I want yeah. I Here. want to ask the question and I think PA knows the answer. What was Harry Man's weight in this movie? Harry Man? Did Harry you see Man. his chest? It was like a bearskin rug. <laughs> was... He was around 212 pounds. So Lois Lane, 220. Oh, Harry yeah. yeah, I'm like, who are you guys talking about? Like, <laughs> Sorry, Hen- Henry Cavill. Yeah, yeah so t- two hundred two twenty five, two twenty five. So the hundred and twenty pound woman is able to lift him and carry him up those stairs. Yeah, yeah that was weird yeah. to me too. Yeah, like, isn't Superman like incredibly dense? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so luckily for us, luckily for us, everyone survived their swimming lessons. Yeah, I I uh I was super entertained by that roundtable discussion in general, but Jimmy on there He's awesome. passionate about that pool. Well, I mean he just he wanted to have something that made sense and that didn't make any yeah. sense. So Jeff Jensen from the Carolina Cadillo show came on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Jeff, by the way, I said this about Aaron Dicer and call him a pro. Man, Jeff Jensen, he's on an NBC affiliate there in uh, New York. Uh, he's been around radio and television. Uh, his wife uh, has been around uh, radio at a national level mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, at, at, a, at a high, very high yeah. level there. And, and they're on another Revolver podcast. And they're on another Revolver right podcast, the, uh, the Carolina Cadillo show. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jeff came on. He picked. He picked a movie <laughs> that I would. And here's what I'm. Here's what I was thinking. I like this from a, for me, from a uh, mystery science theater three thousand perspective. Mm-hmm. Like I thought of that when I was watching this movie. Yeah. Because most of those movies that those guys did on on MST three K was um were older movies and Jeff picked this one he pointed out something that for us i i was born in the well i, I grew up in the 80s i grew up in the yeah. 80s and into the 90s and for Jeff though the movie going experience was different in the 70s when this yeah. movie came out came out with like 75 yeah, 78 74 and um maybe no maybe in 77 
Anyway, I, I digress. But yeah. that movie experience for him was different because they were trying different things in theaters to get people mm-hmm. to come in, much like we have IMAX or we have you know the uh, Springfield 11 in Springfield has recliners. I mean, everybody has a recliner. So we're talking like, about like 3D glasses. And yeah, 3D glasses, things like that. Well, his movie experience with this movie was Sensu-Round, which <laughs> Sensu-Round is a rumbling of seats. And, I, and he explains it in this clip. Um, I, I, th- I found it really interesting. And Je- just having Jeff on the podcast, we need to have him on again. Uh, did a man, phenomenal job. And I was very entertained by Sensu-Round. So. Yeah. so here's Jeff Jensen, Sensu-Round. I was so sense around was this thing that they came out with for the movie Earthquake first, mm. and Earthquake was another. You know, they made a lot of these cheesy seventies disaster movies. There was the Towering Inferno, Earthquake, the Poseidon Adventure was with the boat. Yeah, and it was and, a total wreck. Yeah, I guess, I, mean, I, guess pun in, I guess pun intended there, but pun I, intended. That's fine. Yeah. yeah, but much later, of course, came along Titanic. But the seventies disaster movies. Had a lot of like cheesy characters in them, and Roller Coaster kind of has that. But what Sense Round was was basically, Jack, imagine a giant blender in the movie theater, okay? Okay, okay. With with subwoofers attached to it. Oh, um, <laughs> and okay. Literally, when when they and the, all those scenes you see in Roller Coaster where they where they go back to the roller coaster and you hear it going <laughs> in the movie theater it was like wow, yeah. And and the what happened was for the the theater I took the theater I saw it at right here locally. They brought in these giant speakers just for the sense around. That's so, cool. Yeah, so not every theater had it in sense around. I remember back in the day they would, you know, have ads in the newspaper. I sound like I sound like I'm 100 years old, right? You're fine. But but they would have ads in the paper and it would say in sense around for certain theaters. Like not every theater had it, but I remember they they had these big subwoofers in the theater and I guess there were certain parts of them. They were, I don't know if it was how, how they did it. It was probably part of the film, obviously, or maybe however it was triggered. When it, when you would go to these scenes in the, the in the theater where, where the uh, thing was on the tracks, it was roaring down the tracks, everything would shake. That's cool. And and the reason I, I, I have an affection for Roller Coaster, but I do totally understand. I literally watched it two hours ago just to refresh myself. That's awesome. And I, I just for, just for you guys, just for you, Jack. I watched the movie I again, and I, I have to admit, that. I understand now why when I tell people you have to see this movie, they come back and they tell me, "Wow, that's a horrible movie." Yeah, um, like I said, weird kind of. That thing. sounds cool. Yeah, it's cool. Like I mean, now we have subwoofers that can shake our our seats, but this that sounds kind of cool. Planted in like the, it's yeah. really cool, like it, it, very interesting. All right, so we did. Um, I, I wanted I wanted to do a Turtles movie because the new Turtles movie had come out. And I tried to convince Phil and you, Jared, that we needed to do Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. Oh. There's a lot of people online that like Secret of the Ooze. I like that movie. Because I've, I have bashed it on Twitter a couple times before, God. and people kind of come to that movie's defense. And it's, you know they come to that the, the movie's defense. Vanilla Ice is in it. <laughs> I'm not sure why because they why why can't why couldn't they do Bebop and Rocksteady? Like I have not understood I've never understood that. I don't know. It's weird. So Teenage Mutant Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three, Turtles in Time, was what we finally settled on. No contention there. And it is folks, between Double Dragon and that movie, <laughs> those are by far the two worst movies I've I've we've done on this podcast, I think, that are that are like if you if you went to theater and watched that, you'd be so angry that you wasted your money on this movie. <laughs> yeah. um, really, on on this mo- on this clip, the, you just get a song, folks, and the song <laughs> is the horror movie podcast uh, barbershop trio doing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme. I always say it wrong. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song from the TV show. Like to hear it? Here's the song. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Turtles in the half shell. Turtle power. They're the world's most fearsome fighting team. Leonardo's good. Lana machine. Raphael is cool but crude. Michelangelo is a party. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Teenage Mutant 
Turtles on a half shell. Turtle power. Thanks for joining that, Phil. I like I like singing, Jared. Have you learned that already? I, you know, I, I guess I've, I've noticed that. And, with with uh, your, your your band, Soul Patch. Hmm. Um, Soul Patch. <laughs> Soul Patch is where it's at. Soul Patch, yeah. if you got a door, you better lock the latch. Soul Patch. Yeah, Soul Patch. Um, finally, folks, we end with two clips Jeez. from Twilight. Now, these are two longer clips. The first one is a four-minute clip, and we're talking about Jacob's family and the traditions that the Jacob's family has of marking things in the woods outside of forks. <laughs> Here it is. Team Jacob and their mission to show their territory to those pesky vamps. Get crisp. Yeah. But then they're talking about going to the beach. That's This is when they're in friends. The I tried to get to this and, earlier. Yes. Yeah. They start talking about the going to the beach. And the beach is a great way to meet who? Uh, Jacob. The Jacob, Jacob's clan. And uh, they, not to give you spoilers, folks, but they are werewolves. And you don't find that out about until the second, the second uh, movie, but I won't yeah. give that away. Um, so Jacob and <laughs> Jacob's grandfather is r- really good friends with um, Bella's dad. Bella's dad. Jacob's dad. Charlie. Charlie? Jacob's dad, not granddad. Did you say grandfather? I said grandfather, but like it matters. Um, so the father, so so the father, yeah, yeah, like he's I, a throwaway character. No one cares. What's the matter? <laughs> uh, and so, so they're good buddies. Jacob's dad and Charlie, Bella's dad, and so Jacob and her take a walk down the beach, the beautiful. North beautiful. Pacific Coast beach. It's beautiful there. Well, really and what is. she invites Edward to go, and he's like, "Oh no, I can't go." You know, we're not allowed to. It's right? too crowded. But technically, like the family's right. Aren't. But then Jacob says, "Oh, they don't come here." You yeah, know, like they're like his family has peed on a tree, marking their territory, <laughs> and so uh, not just uh, one tree though. Every Edward's, tree around the circumference. Yeah, guys, um, it's <laughs> rained a bunch. We've got to make our round. That's what the family spends most of their time <laughs> marking their territory, washed away, traveling around the countryside, just peeing on that things. That explains so much from those scenes in later movies when they're all like running along the border. It's like That's how do they true. know? It's because of all the pee on it's the trees. Because of the well, markings. I mean, they they spend guys. I, I don't know if you in the there's a there's a a companion novel that goes with oh, these. Oh, okay. That's uh, Jacob's family, and it, it's actually called Jacob's family. <laughs> it's called Jacob's. And <laughs> Stephanie Myers wrote it. It's called Jacob's family, and it just tells about their day to day. And it's like a journal. Jacob, I we had a long long week this week because this is the second week of, second week of the month, and we travel all around the Pacific Northwest. Peeing on the perimeter <laughs> trees um, around the area, and so it's kind of a boring no way read. The vampires know. It's very yeah. The, the vampires yeah. know. Where's the other <laughs> other wolf clans know. Other, um, who else knows? Jack? Uh, bears know, and so that whole area is really safe because of those werewolves. Because of the markings. Yeah. yeah. So that you you get that background uh, after the werewolves meet up. Oh my gosh. The girls go shopping. Is that right? Don't the girls go shopping? Correct. Well, on the, the at the beach scene though, that's when Jacob and and Bella have this conversation about she's inquiring about the Cullen family and he's telling her things like he I think he calls them the pale faces. Yes, on the yeah, beach. yeah. Oh, and he gives the old and Hollywood his, backstory. His ancestors. Yes. Yeah, and you see the video footage of some wolves walking through yeah. the forest, and then you see the Cullens. Oh, they say they're from a descendant. Yeah. yeah, descendants of an ancient family it's like that came. In, yeah, it's, it was. Got, I said it was cheesecloth, yeah. cheesecloth and sepia, <laughs> an old old timey movie. You know, tin type. Like they went to Silver Dollar City where they take those old timey <laughs> photos, and they yeah. got all their you know. That's where they get the props. And, no, they yeah. get the yeah. props. So yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah all, again <laughs> on Twilight here. That was oh, who you heard. That was uh, Laurie Chester and, and my wife Amanda Ultramet. And uh, they were on there with me, and we just talked a lot about that. Both those ladies are professional um, Twilight cosplayers as well. I believe they're called Twihards. Yes. Right? <laughs> no? Uh, yeah, Am they're I wrong? called Twihards, but. Um, <laughs> I think they might take issue with that. Yeah. Now that the crazy I didn't mean to open that Pandora's box up. Yeah, but what I did mean to do was the following clip, which is. 
another clip, clip from Twilight, about another four minutes, and we're talking about another aspect of the movie. Okay, we said earlier, Jacob's family marks things. That becomes very true in the last few books. They do some weird things with children in those last few books with those, with those werewolves. That's very weird. It is, yeah. But maybe not. Is what's weirder that or Jay, uh, Edward, who, when he finds somebody he likes, folks, he comes to your room <laughs> like a Beetlejuice scenario, comes to your room. And watches you sleep. Like, <laughs> and Bella's cool with this. Yeah, what else? Weird. Yeah. Anyway, here it is. Uh, convicted felon, <laughs> Edward Cullen, come into your room, folks, to watch you sleep. Right. Yeah, she's like, you know. She was on the phone with her mom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, really like, I really like Forks, mom. It's a lot of fun. I got some awesome friends. No, you don't. Is this you don't about, even talk and to then them. Like, is this about like, a guy? Right. Are you a, being safe? Yes. No, we've got a. I've and got then, a friend. He's two hundred years old, but I got awesome friends too. And then Pan Anna Kendrick's my friend. She senses him. She senses something in the room, so she like quickly turns and like he's there in the room. Yes. Yes. And she's like, "Mom, I gotta go. I gotta go, mom." So they're talking, and then that leads to the heaviest makeout session. Well, and what he uh, says, he's been to, watching her sleep for, for like the past a month. few months. Yeah, like he okay. literally says that out loud. Well, Isn't this a big red flag? Like, does he say that? Creepy. Does, yeah, he does. Her guy. Does, she, does she say that? Oh, sorry, my room's a mess. Or She's, like, how'd you get in here? How'd you get in here? He's, he's like, like, oh, I've well, I've been watching you sleep for, for the last yeah. two months. Yeah, and he says that. Yeah, if you put that in any other conversation like, with any other person you just met a week girls. ago or whatever yeah. right. like you'd be arrested like, yeah, like this would be yeah, that's like, like restraining do. order yeah yeah dear, like, teenage, dear teenage girls, girls. <laughs> if someone does actually say they've been watching you sleep for the past two months actually do run and tell your parents them, let them stay in your bed you, you stay in your bedroom <sighs> and start making out with them you know that he's don't already wants to kill you don't do that because he said it because he, he wants said to kill you. i want he to kill you. kill you and he's been watching you there actually have been stenographers in in courtrooms that have literally typed this from the witness stand. The witness stand. The 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 person the the plaintiff in the in in the case goes, and then he um he was he was just standing in my room, and I said to him, "How did you get in here?" And then he said back to me, "Well, I've been watching you for you know sneaking up here and watching you for two months." That's actually been typed, right. but that ends in jail time, like five years of jail time. So, dear teenage girls, don't in, listen to him. But in this situation, cool. Edward Pattinson, what's he, what's he well, get out of it? it's kind of dreamy Pattinson? and romantic. It's like, oh my yeah. gosh, you've been sleeping. Uh, you've been watching me he's sleep. He's been totally watching me That's sleep. That's like the sweetest thing. And then you call up your girlfriend's like, hey, I met this new guy and he's been watching me sleep for a month. <laughs> Can you believe it? So then... He's that, like, of course. I just want to try something. He tells her, I just want to try something. So, dear teenage <laughs> girls, please talk about don't. This first. Please don't. In their room. <laughs> what is it yeah. that you want to try? <laughs> right. And he's like, hold still. Hold still. And then he tries to kiss her. But he keeps telling her to, like, hold still because he's scared he's going to hurt her. Yeah, and then they kind of linger on their kiss for a while. Like, she, like he's like... Oh. You have like spaghetti, like like garlic sauce from spaghetti earlier, or something that you like. He, it's like he's lingering over her mouth. It's so awkward. But through this whole makeout scene, there's no background noise at all. Like no music, no. It's just like very Smacking. dead, still, quiet, with just mm. breathing and lips and everything is mic'd in that room. Like, and I know in Hollywood they mic everything. This is like horribly mic'd, like too mic'd. And I think it's like the only time during the whole movie when there's not some there's sort no, of music yeah. playing in the background, which is weird. Could have used some music there. Kind You're right. Awkward. Something. Motown Something. Philly would have been perfect. Oh, yeah. Motown <laughs> Philly back. Okay, that would have been really funny. <laughs> That'd be a funny video. Um, all right. So uh, they've fallen in love. The next day, they want to celebrate their love. So uh, Edward comes back to the house to meet dad for the very first time officially um and he welcomes him in the house thanks for coming in the house for the first time and edward in his mind is saying i've been here every night <laughs> two months sir he doesn't say that but he you know he's started with you know that. he's like, thinking shake that. his hand and be like oh, oh i really about, you know yeah 30, um, 40 times, i'll be back you know? tonight later um so 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 he meets the dad and dad's like well i hope you, you better take care of her or i'm gonna shoot you and then i'm sure in the back of his head he's like Again, I'm a vampire. It's okay. I shine like a diamond. Anyway, 
Wow. Yeah. So Edward's going to prison. Um, <laughs> so really, folks, hey, thanks for tuning in to Volume 1 here. That's Jared, fun. what did you think? Man, I, I mean, you, I, I remember those clips, but hearing them again, that's, it's fun. Go back and re, re-listen to those. What's your favorite of those? Ain't, not including anything you did. Um, you know, I mean, I enjoy the Twilight episode. It's a good one. Those are fun. Um, I mean, it's got my wife, and just she's so inappropriate at times. Why hard? <laughs> yeah, I know. But that, I mean, those are fun. I like it. Um, I, it makes me want to go back and re-listen some of those episodes and and, and see what other gems. 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 Jim. Jim is excitement. I want someone to do Jim the movie. By the way, folks, if you like know Jim anyone, and the holograms. Yeah, which made like fourteen cents. Someone <laughs> bought. Someone bought a small popcorn at one of the gyms. That's the only money it was ever actually. Aaron made. Dicer would say they just wrote that off. They did. But I think they probably also lost a lot of money. Had to. Um, so we'll come back. Next week's stuff is going to be Greatest Hits, Volume 2. Volume 2. Nice. Greatest Hits, Volume 2. Okay. Um, and it's going to be great. You know, second albums. Second albums for bands. Um, sophomore Sophomore albums. slump sometimes. Okay? Sometimes you don't get off the mat. Spin Doctors back in the 90s, that first album was gold. And then the second album was pretty horrible. Yeah. Pretty bad. Chumba Wumba. They're still looking for that second album that would be pretty good. <laughs> and then, um, you know, you could go down the list of a lot of them. But anyway, this one's all hits, folks. Greatest hits. Mm-hmm. The Horrible Movie Podcast. Greatest hits. Available on 18 8 tracks, 8 CDs, or 16 cassette tapes. That's bad math. Yeah, or four right. cassette tapes. There you go. Come on down to the Horror Movie Podcast and stay a while. Well, thanks for coming out. Thank you. Um, at One Horror Movie on Twitter, thehorrormoviepodcast dot com is it a website? Is uh, website? Facebook, like our Facebook. Go to revolverpodcast dot com. There's several other great podcasts on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I want to give a shout out uh, to the people. Uh, Aaron Dicer and uh, Danae Hughes, who do Sif Pop, mm-hmm. uh, they recently talked about us on their show, and I always like to return the favor. <laughs> Folks, you need to listen to Sif Pop. It is amazing. Shoot they the are go, pros. Listen to They're pros. They've got a syndicated radio show on, what did I say last week? It's actually 75, I think, radio stations, which is 75 more than we're on. But... <laughs> I think last week I said like 150 or something. But still, whatever. It's the same thing. Same to us. Uh, anyway, they're great. You need to listen to them. And uh, also, again, you, you you have to tune in to NBC's um, fall lineup. They've bought ad space on this uh, podcast. You heard it at the very beginning of the uh, episode, the trailer for Night Elf. And uh, it's classic. It's great. So tune in listen. Uh Go online, folks, and just enjoy. Yeah, hey, if you have any other clips that you've really loved or, or something that oh, you, yeah. you we, we want to see your tweets, we want to see your posts on Facebook, we want to hear your messages on the horrible movie phone. Uh, so if you have something like that, call us, man. And, and What's that us. number, Jared? That's 417. Oh, man, I almost, I almost said four, my six, phone seven, number. Seven. Like, I almost... 417 <laughs> Don't, don't <laughs> say your own don't, number. Don't call my phone number, please. That's not Jared's number. That's not. Anyway, so... Folks, tell somebody accidentally it. posted it wrong on Facebook once, and somebody called. Uh, I forgot who, who was John. Somebody called. He was like, "Well, you weren't supposed to pick up." And someone actually called. Yeah. Oh. Like, so I fixed. I gave him the right number, and and they left a message for us. Well, cool. Um, big thing, guys. <laughs> tell your friends about maybe this clip episode because maybe that's yeah. the one they listen to. Um, and uh, there are other great episodes. Some of, some of the clips we didn't include on there. Uh, there's a Planet Comic Con episode. There's the Mayfly episode where we talk about uh, After Earth. And they're just some, they're, Mayfly's a great band. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they've got some great songs, and you just need to tune in and look, listen to them. But we've got some other episodes that uh, we're going to talk about in Volume 2. We really ramp it up. And I feel like there's probably more musical clips coming in Volume 2. Um, so just be ready for that. And, uh, man, thanks for coming in, guys. Come come back when you can stay a little longer. All right? You here? Y'all, you here? Y'all here? 
Come back when you can stay a little longer. Get your iced tea and, yeah, and, and lemonade. Big, big old dip of sorghum molasses. Mm, sorghum. Come on down and dip a biscuit in some sorghum molasses. <laughs> and we're going to kick your molasses. Can we say that? I we just did. Kicking molasses. All right. <laughs> so, guys, thanks for coming down. Uh, we love you guys. We love you. I mean, to the point it's mm. kind of awkward. I mean, I'm not going to. We're going to come stand in your bedroom. I'm, I won't. I don't love you so much that I'm going to come and stand in your bedroom. Or mark tonight. you. But if you call that horror movie phone and you request that, we may do a live episode from. Never mind. Where's this going? <laughs> What's happening? Phil, cut it. Phil, on the, my on my signal right here, I want you to cut it. Five, four, three, two, one. I'm going to say, cut it out, and you're going to do it. Cut it out. Is that made of wood?